0: The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance
1: in your work and life today.
0: Welcome to episode 307 of The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, resident brand ambassador and marketing strategist for Ziggler. If you know Zig Ziglar at all, you know he didn't separate business and personal life and to have true success in your business and work life, required success in your personal life. So today, we're going to hear a message from Zig on keeping perspective in your marriage and have a very interesting discussion afterwards. And I say interesting because with me is Tom Ziglar, CEO and proud son of Zig, who is, of course, privy to exactly how Zig walked out his own marriage, so before we play the clip, though, Tom, tell us what 's
1: happening with you Kevin. I tell you what it's it's just started off to be such an amazing year. Let me just share uh, an event that I went to and some things that are happening. One of the goals I have for this year is to have the best travel year I have ever had, and I get on airplanes all the time, and so what i've started doing is I have a little book of big quotes it's a, it's a little pocket-sized book of all of the famous Zig Ziglar quotes that are in it and it's very nice it's kind of a marketing tool for us and then I go out and I buy Starbucks cards and I insert a Starbucks card into the little book of big quotes and when I get on the airplane I ask the flight attendant and you know when you ask the flight attendant a question right when you get on they get that that strange look of concern like uh oh here's another one of these passengers and I ask them. I say, "Can I ask you a favor?" And they look at me. And I say, "I'm trying to have my best travel year ever." And I figure if you're happy, I'm happy. Do you like Starbucks? <laughs> and of course, they get the big smile. And I hand them the little book with big quotes and the Starbucks cards on the inside. They get this big grin. They can't believe it. It's it's you know it's like they'd won the jackpot or the lottery. Or quickly hand them two more books to give to the pilots. And then on the way back to my seat, I'd do two more books and Starbucks cards to the other flight crew. So they just, I don't know what happens. The whole atmosphere of the, of the plane changes. Well, week before last, we had an event in Houston. And just to make a long story short, flying down there, I'd been sitting in my seat for five minutes. The pilot comes on the intercom. Before, you know, this is while we're still at the gate. And he says, Tom Ziegler, will you please come to the front of the plane? So I walk up to the front, and he shakes my hand, and he says, thank you for the card and the little book. We loved your dad. You know, he was amazing. I have a question for you. Do you want to ride in first class? And, of course, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that happened going to Houston, and I kid you not, flying home from Houston, the same thing happened. The flight attendant came to me just before we were leaving the gate and whispered, you know, with her hand covered her mouth, hey, Tom, do you want to ride in first class? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And so the whole atmosphere of the plane is changing simply because I'm recognizing these men and women who serve all these passengers under tough conditions. You know, they're, they don't have any control over the equipment or the weather, you know, they're just kind of there and the little bit of kindness and and courtesy extends and it's like the whole plane changes. So that's, what's happening with me. I just encourage our listeners. If you know, just pick a segment of the of, of the people you run into and do something nice for them. You don't have to give them a Starbucks card, but whatever you do, give them a kind word, a smile, tell them you appreciate them. And uh, it's, you know, it's true that a smile is the curve that sets everything straight. And that whole flight crew is smiling the whole flight. It's really cool. That is so incredible. I, I'm really prone to try that myself. I mean, I can't
0: claim the last name Ziegler to go along with it, but... Uh... That, is, that would be a fun campaign. Hey, try this, Tell us what happens. Uh, you know, reply with what your response is. Do it on the subway, the bus, the you know we come up with something besides public transportation but
1: I'm, I'm telling you, I'm signing books, I'm getting pictures made with the flight attendants. I'm getting free food that I can't even eat because I'm gluten free. I mean, it's just <laughs> crazy. The trip before the lady sitting next to me was a student from South Korea. And in broken English, she looked at me and she said, is the food on this plane free? <laughs> because my, they had loaded up my tray with food. And so I just started passing it off. The guy behind me taps me on the shoulder and gives me a piece of gum because I was looking for a mint. And then he tells me he orders the Born to Win book on his uh, Kindle while we were flying through the air. It was incredible. That is excellent. Oh, so I got to ask, is there any specific airline you're flying here? I have flown two airlines since I've been doing this Southwest and American. And I just have to tell you, people are people. And when you treat them this way, uh, they just, they love it. And the cool thing is, is I have more fun than anybody because to me getting on the, on the airplane, it's like a ride at Disney, right? Because you just know that people are going to smile and you don't know what reaction you're going to get. It's, it's been amazing. So, uh, it's one of my goals that I'm working on this year, and and uh, I, I'm a, I think Starbucks likes it because I'm flying <laughs> a lot and uh, doing this a lot, but it's been it's been fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah, we need to get a show sponsorship from them. They're getting a lot of free press here, but uh, yes, they are. And by <laughs> the
1: way, for those listening, I always give the stuff out uh, after you know I've checked in and everything, so I'm not I'm not trying to get stuff. It's just. When you are generous with people and and kind and considerate, they want to return it to you any way they can, and so that's what they're doing oh, I love it uh oh, that's so great. that's inspiring thank you uh that inspires me i got i gotta
0: try something of nature. go change the spirit of wherever I walk into all right well, hey, let's go to this seven minute clip from your dad from Zig. Uh, ripe with great stories and perspectives regarding
2: keeping perspective in your marriage. You know, in many marriages, husbands and wives both think they're the only ones who ever do anything. A few years ago, I was on the Tomorrow Show. Tom Snyder at that time was the host that asked that I get to the uh, studio before the office closed at 6. Now, the show didn't start until midnight. So I got there a few minutes before 6 and I was seated in a little uh, reception area which also had the switchboard and the desk and there was a little kitchen. I was stunned that all of it was so small. I'd been seated about two minutes when a lady walked out, took one look at the sink and the coffee maker just shook her head and said, I don't understand it. Nobody around here, nobody around here ever does anything about cleaning up but me. If it weren't for me, this would absolutely be a pig pen. And she proceeded to, uh, you know, do a little cleaning up. A few moments, a man came in and looked at it. and said, I don't believe it. You know, you'd think I was the only one that worked here. You'd think I was the only one that ever drank a cup of coffee. If a human being here has ever made a cup of coffee but me, I would like to know who it was. And he proceeded to make a cup of coffee. Another two minutes go by, and I'm just sitting there. Now, they're not talking to me, and yet obviously they are talking to me. Another lady comes out. She looks at it. She said, I can't believe it. You know, if anybody here were to ever put anything up, I mean just one thing, if they had put just one thing up, I would be absolutely astonished. Each one of them thought they were the only person doing things. Now, let me offer a suggestion, and that simply is this, you're not likely to change your mate. But I want to give you something to think about. Let's assume just for a moment that you really are the only one who does anything. And you really are, or at least you feel that you're the only one who does anything. Let me tell you a story. When the Berlin Wall was in the process of being erected all of those years ago... As they were building it, uh, as always when you got construction, you got a lot of garbage and a lot of trash and so forth. And the East Berliners thought it'd be kind of cute if they played a little trick on their West Berlin neighbors. And so they loaded up a dump truck with trash and garbage and all of the other stuff. And they proceed to drive it across no man's land. As I say, the wall had not been erected. And they dumped all of that big load of garbage right there in uh, West Berlin. Well, the West Berliners looked at it and said, we've got a bigger dump truck than they have. And they said, we'll just load up a bigger bunch of garbage and haul it back. But a wiser head prevailed, and they decided not to do that. Instead, they loaded up with medicine, food, clothes, supplies, things that they could use, things that they absolutely needed. And along with a big dump truck load of these things, they had a little sign printed, Each gives what each has to give. Now, let me say something, ladies and gentlemen: uh, when you give more to this marriage relationship, then the reality is you are ultimately going to be the biggest winner of all. When you have those little differences, I'd like to point something out. In this survey of those 300-plus couples who had been married more than the 25 years, we asked the question: What would you change about your mate? If you could. Eighty-nine percent of them wrote back and said, I would not change anything. Those who offered little suggestions were suggestions along the line, I would try to get her to take better care of her health. But that was for her interest, not for his interest. They really were wrapped up in pleasing the other person. When you have differences, let me suggest a little story to you. I was... In uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, here a couple of years ago, I had been up late the night before on seminar. It was early the next morning. I went into the uh, dining room, beautiful hotel. I had a uh, gleam in my eye for a magnificent breakfast. I looked the menu over. I decided I was going to have one of those beautiful Belgian waffles. I had uh, visions in my eyes, nice and hot, beautiful golden brown, butter already melted, the syrup had been carefully warmed, you know, and boy, I was just licking my chops. I I was just really, man alive, I was excited about it. So the lady brings the waffle out. It is not golden brown, as a matter of fact, it is a sickly tan. It is not nice and hot, it is cold. The butter is not melted. They have it in little balls that uh, were about the same resiliency and texture of a golf ball. They had just taken the, uh, you know, they had just taken the syrup out of the refrigerator. I get up expecting to be treated uh, better than this, and what do they bring out? Oh, I was having a, a real pity party. Then all of a sudden it dawned on me... Hit me like a ton of bricks. Here I am in a luxury hotel, air-conditioned comfort, seated under magnificent circumstances, twice as much food as any normal human being ought to be eating. And I was having a pity party because the butter was not melted, the waffle was not heated, and the syrup was cold. And all of a sudden it struck me as being so funny I literally burst out laughing as I thought, Ziegler, what are you griping about? Don't you realize how fortunate you are? And I relate that to marriage. What difference does it make On a lot of these little things that take place in the relationship, in the overall scheme of things, suppose there was not quite enough coffee. Suppose you were five minutes late. Suppose everything didn't go 100%. Can you keep it in perspective is what I'm saying. It is such as this that a marriage can grow and thrive and prosper and be a beautiful and loving one.
0: walk out his marriage and relationship with his wife, your mother, firsthand. I mean, surely he got frustrated from time to time in his marriage, disappointed, maybe even angry?
1: Well, I tell you, uh, this is going to sound kind of odd and old-fashioned, but before I was even born, I think mom and dad, when they were raising my sisters, who were all older than me, I think they decided uh, that they made it a policy that they were never going to argue in front of the kids. And so I never heard them argue. Now, they might disagree about little things about where to eat or, you know, a date or, you know, something like that. But I never saw dad get angry with mom or vice versa. I never saw them raise their voice to each other. Uh, They always just kind of I know they had times like that and I know they had private conversations, Uh, but that was just something they decided that that was part of their relationship and no need to share that part. Uh, they respected each other and the kids too much to do it in front of us. Uh, I know it seems kind of contrarian and artificial, but that's what they did and because of that, I can't remember once in my whole life ever worrying or wondering about how much and how strong their relationship was okay well that i it's
0: incredible obviously, I want to pick up on a word you said artificial I mean you could hear. You know, Zig's message, and I think some people might feel that his point is to, you know, never express a need, a desire, or a frustration. And I'm sure that that was not his point, but to that aspect, I mean, can you elaborate on that a little bit, Tom? Because I, I mean, you hear in the story, you know, that it's looking on the bright side and look at the big picture. And of course you look and go, gosh, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm married but was there also a place to say, you know what, this is something that I'm bumping up
1: against with you and and talking it through as opposed to never addressing it? Right. Dad was 100% completely solution-focused. So it was perfectly acceptable for anybody in the family or mom or whoever to come to him and say, hey, I'm not happy about this. You know, this isn't isn't good. You've been traveling too much, or I thought we were going to do this this weekend and this came up. And so his focus and response would be, you know what, let's take a look at that. What is it that we're trying to accomplish? What can we do now that we're in this situation to solve it? And so when changes happen, you know, when the car broke down, when this didn't go right, I never saw him get angry or frustrated with the situation. It was always you could see him doing the mental checklist. Okay, what else can I do? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? And he felt the most important thing of all was to maintain the right attitude in the process. Right. Because when a bummer happens, we're going to go through the situation, whether we enjoy it or not. So why not adopt the attitude of, well, you know what, maybe something interesting could happen. Maybe some good could come out of this. So that's how he did it. And so when you say, you know, were did we just refrain from expressing our needs? No, because he was so goal oriented. He'd be like, well, what do you really want? For my sister, it was a horse. You know, for me, it was a, uh, being a professional golfer. And he supported that. He said, okay, how are we going to do it? What are you going to do next? What's your plan? What's your, what are your action steps? Who do you need to talk to? What are this, you know, what's your practice plan? Whatever that situation was. So he was pretty
0: just free to approach. You felt, you felt free to approach him with any feeling in that
1: sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Oh, hey, I, I want to, this is totally off tangent, but just for those who don't know about Tom Ziegler, a quick little blurb about your past golfing <laughs>
1: it's relevant i like it okay well i played college golf at a small school and in college i, I thought you know what i want to go pro uh and so i started taking lessons from a teacher named hank haney and hank made quite a name for himself he ended up being tiger woods uh golf coach for a number of years and they won some majors together I tell people my claim to fame is uh, I helped Hank get the the kinks out of his teaching so that he would be ready for Tiger. Nice. Uh, But the reality was is I got pretty good. I traveled around the country. I never turned pro. I got good enough to play with the guys who made it on tour and realized that from a talent, ability, skill, whatever you want to call it, I still had a whole other level to go. So. Uh, it was at that time I started working at the company. When I moved into sales at the company, I fell in love with sales and I made the decision to, to basically say, golf's not for me. This is the direction I'm going. And I really felt like I would regret that my whole life. Uh, you know how it is when you, when you think this is your dream and you pass on. Yes. Uh, but all of a sudden I felt not a, not a sense of relief, but a sense of satisfaction that for that time that I did it, that four years of kind of intensity, Uh, I did everything I could and you know, it was just, it just wasn't to be so.
0: Well, I know we're deviating here, but that's of interest to a lot of people. I'm sure, man, I, I understand as well. I devoted a lot of my life to pro cycling and, uh, then went into business and it's, um, I never looked back. I really, I really didn't. I enjoy this way too much. Well, Hey, so back on this aspect of marriage and perspective. What about sharing expectations with your spouse? Is that something that you saw your dad model that he he taught? You know, th- laying out those things. That, hey, these are the. Ways. It's kind of the love languages type idea. Hey, these are the ways that I feel loved. These are the expectations I have from you. Is that something that he uh, that he espoused? I know that I have been guilty of expecting my spouse, hoping that she would just read my signals and we didn't have to
1: actually go and talk about it. Somehow that seems, I guess it's vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, Well, Mom and I, this is interesting because Mom and I just had a conversation about this a couple of days ago. Uh, Early in Dad's career, uh, in fact, when we still lived in Columbia, South Carolina, so I was just born, so this was 1965, 66, 67, before we moved to Dallas, Dad was traveling a lot and speaking a lot. He wasn't being paid uh, very much for it at that time, but he was gone a lot. And he would come home, and he'd play golf on Saturdays with the boys. And so mom finally had to go to him and said, hey, you know what? You're, You're traveling all the time, and when you get home on Saturday, it sure would be nice if you could spend time with the girls and Tom and me. And, uh, so dad looked at her and said, you know what? You're right. I mean, he loved doing all that, uh, the, the golf and everything, but he decided that he wasn't going to play golf on the weekends anymore, as long as he was traveling during the week. Nice. And so that was laying out the expectations. It wasn't saying, no, you can never play golf. It was saying, Hey, we're each other's number one priority. Let's make sure that we keep each other number one. And that's what he did. Well, that's excellent. Excellent. Well, hey, for folks listening, then if you want
0: to pursue this message more on marriage, you can go to com to the products page and find Zig's book, Courtship After Marriage, which lines up with, well, you know, one of the quotes he always gave
1: on courtship. Tell us, tell us what it is. Yeah. He said, here's the secret to happy marriage. The secret to happy marriage is simply this. Treat your spouse after you get married just like you did right before you got married. Yeah. He That's, told me that face-to-face when I had the
0: uh, honor of spending a day with you guys. Gosh, probably been three, four years ago now. And he said that. And I think I had heard it before, but I don't know. For some reason, it just, it just registered with me and was incredibly convicting uh, because I, I feel like I, I do well with my spouse. But gosh, do I court her like I did when we first met? Uh that's and that's hard, I mean obviously you know you got they got kids and and life happens and it's it's not quite the same, but are there times when I do that? Do I make that a consistent effort? It is incredibly convicting, so folks, yeah, courtship after marriage, you can find that at ziggler dot com you can find it, of course, lots of other places as well, but you will be incredibly benefited by reading that book. okay, well, hey, as we wrap up here, Tom, I wanted you to give us a little story, a little anecdote. On how you saw Zig, your dad, court his wife,
1: your mom. Oh my gosh, there are so many stories, but uh, I'll just tell one. I love it. I call it the uh, the um, the chocolate Easter bunny. And mom loves chocolate marshmallow Easter bunnies or Santa Clauses. They come out, you know, seasonally. There's like six of these in a package, and it's a marshmallow with a milk chocolate covering on it. And there's six in a box and what dad would do is he would go to the store and he would buy like 10 boxes of them. And then he would give mom five boxes for Easter. And the other five boxes, he would take those little Easter bunnies and he would hide them all over the house. So he would put them in her shoe and in a drawer and in a box and you know in the cabinet and So, you know, mom would find probably 80% of them in the first three days. And then about once a week, she'd find another one. And the way dad told it, you know, you'd hear a squeal from the other side of the house. And it was mom finding another one that he'd hidden. And so that was just dad's way of having fun and telling her that he loved her. And isn't that so cool that, you know, dad would do that? He took the time to do that. And he did that often with a lot of things. That's just one of those stories it's just a classic in our in our family.
0: Oh man what stands out to me is not only the honoring of her but just the playfulness. How often is the playfulness does it disappear from our marriages as we get into the business of life and family. Uh, that gives me some I you give me a couple good ideas today Tom. Well hey thanks brother it's always good to do this with you folks. Thanks for tuning in with us. Thanks for the great feedback and reviews we continue to get. In iTunes, It helps bump up our rankings and let more people find The Ziggler Show and be blessed by the message of Ziggler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZigglerShow.com.
1: You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.